Hey folks, some bonus content for you today. For the last several months, I've been working with recent University of Montana journalism graduate Victor Ives on a podcast project that we'll be announcing shortly. Victor has his own pod that he launched during the pandemic. It's called Sounds of Our Lives, and his latest episode, America the Broken, is amazing. Shortly after the murder of George Floyd, Victor participated in the demonstrations in his hometown of San Jose, California. And in this episode, he brings to life the intensity and consequence of those demonstrations. His reporting is courageous and important. Have a listen and check out Victor's other stuff at Sounds of Our Lives. Hey, just a quick warning that this episode contains some graphic violence and language. Protests on a scale not seen in decades have gripped the United States. Simultaneously, a pandemic is silently ravaging the country. The sounds of a nation in pain have become inescapable. The immediate power of social media has forced the world to confront the reality of black Americans faster than a virus ever could, all sparked by the Memorial Day killing of George Floyd. What do you want? I While a white police officer's knee pressed down on the 46-year-old's neck, Floyd fought to voice some of his final words. I can't breathe. For the second time in recent memory, first from Eric Garner in 2014, those words reverberated throughout America. Cities across the United States remain in a state of high tension tonight as the country braces itself for another wave of protests over the death of George Floyd. George Floyd. George Floyd. Large crowds of demonstrators in multiple cities getting more violent following the death of George Floyd. Welcome to Sounds of Our Lives. I'm Victor Ives, and I'm in San Jose, California, where frustrated and angry citizens echo their feelings in a way similar to the entire country. I think it's safe to say that America is broken, and the only way to fix something that's broken is to diagnose a problem. How the fuck did we get here? All we say to America is be true to what you said on paper. lived in China or even Russia or any totalitarian country. Maybe I could understand some of these illegal injunctions. Maybe I could understand the denial of certain basic First Amendment privileges because they haven't committed themselves to that over there. But somewhere I read of the freedom of assembly. Somewhere I read of the freedom of speech. Somewhere I read of the freedom of press. Somewhere I read that the greatness of America is the right to protest far right.
Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated in 1968, the day after this speech was given. This is not a new issue. From enslavement starting in 1619, humanity for black Americans has been subject to sharecropping, Jim Crow laws, institutional racism and everything from government, education, housing, economics, healthcare, and most certainly the criminal justice system. From the Tulsa Race Massacre to Rodney King to... Trayvon Martin, an unarmed black teenager, was shot down by a white neighborhood watchman who claimed self-defense and has not at this point been arrested. Eric Garner. Michael Brown. We know why we're here. Tamir Rice. Walter Scott. Freddie Gray. Bro- this system isn't working for black Americans. Philando Castile. Ahmaud Arbery. What do you do when the social contract doesn't apply to you? George Floyd, by the lawyer representing his family, was later pronounced dead at the hospital. Today, the It's May 31st, 2020, in San Jose, California. Around a thousand protesters are lined face to face with police next to City Hall, a scene similar to those around the country. This is Silicon Valley, only a handful of miles from the headquarters of Apple, Google, and Facebook. The class and race divides are stark here, in one of the richest places in America. Most of what I'm seeing is peaceful and non destructive, but random individuals might have different intentions than the majority of protesters. When a man, who wasn't black, threw a water bottle at the police line, everyone around became angry. A man named Ian approached the water bottle thrower. It kind of looked like he scolded him. The man listened and nodded in agreement. Ian is 30 years old and black in America. Hey man, my name is Victor. I make audio stories. Okay. Is it cool if I ask you a couple yeah, questions? Yeah, yeah, it seems like you wanted to stay peaceful. Yeah, I wanted to stay peaceful, yeah, man. I ain't, trying to, I ain't trying to hurt nobody. I don't want nobody to get hurt out here. You know what I'm saying? We just want to be out here to get our point across. Let them know that, hey, we can be unified. That's what they're trying to get the, the, the people to take a knee for. So we can do this together. You know what I'm saying? We don't have to be at each other's throat for no reason. And then we just got random people. And that's the problem. It's the random people that do random acts that they generalize everybody with. Like that one dude, he just threw something for no reason. We didn't, we've been here peaceful the whole time. That's just, that's just the, the, the big uh, that's the big problem, man. But no no violence, man. We just want peace and justice. Yeah. Uh, um. What what do you hope to see for America after after this? I hope to see some change, man. I, that's what I hope to see. America claims to be the greatest nation in the world. Live up to it. Live up to being the greatest. As simple as that. I'm an athlete. But, you yeah. know the you know the stigma of uh. When you win a Super Bowl, you win a big championship, you want to kick your feet up and relax because you're the best, that's what the country's done. Because they've been the best for so long. So they thought that they can just continue being what they were. Instead of, hey, we can still be greater. We can still be greater. We can still be greater. We can still fix things that are going on in this country. We haven't done that. I hope this country can come together and be able to fix and talk about issues without it being a problem to everybody. I wish people cared about lives over buildings and property. Forget property. Forget a building. Forget a purse or some shoes. Remember a man got choked out in broad daylight in front of guys' cups, whatever it's called. You know what I'm saying? Just want peace and justice. As I finished speaking with Ian, a police officer took a knee with the crowd, and the people cheered. This is something that happened multiple times that day. 
we got to stand out here and everybody needs to hear something and maybe we can sing along together. And... Why you look so mad? Yeah. yeah what, what's your name? Joseph. I came upon two men trying to get a police officer, a black woman, to take a knee as well. Andy, who's 27 years old, was one of those men. I want to show you guys, same community, same community. Why is taking a knee important to you, for them? For them, it just shows that, you know, that, uh, I forgot the officer's name, but the guy who killed George Floyd is breaking down everything they work for. If we can't come together, the community, our, our future's really broken. It's, it's going to get scary. They can't trust us, we can't trust them. There's no bridge, there's no future. For the longest time, it's just like, it's hard to trust the police officer. You get scared. You shouldn't get scared when you see a police officer. You should be like your buddy. You know, hey, it's the guy who watches out for us. It's, it's supposed to be easy. You know, I want that small town vibe for everybody. You know, break down the walls, break down the racism, everything. It's just living our lives, doing what's, what makes us happy. What do you What do you hope to see in America after this? After this, just change, more community. I want to see people get together more, fight together more. Not necessarily fight like hands, but like pushing for a change. We need to recognize our community members and prevent the upward corruption and all the games and rules that they set on us turn us against each other. Because that's what's happening here. Like Hackney and Robin, you look in their eyes, they want to take a knee. They know what's wrong, what happened. But it's hard. They can get in trouble. We don't know what happens behind police doors. And it's just like, you know, when something fucked up happens in your job or you just see it, right? It's hard to say something because you don't know what those consequences are. And we need to fight with them and give them the opportunity to express themselves properly, to fight on our side. And we're hoping that they do express themselves and fight for our side. To try and build that bridge for a better tomorrow. Because without that, it's, it's not going to go anywhere. I just don't get it. Why it, gotta, why it has to keep going like this. Because I believe every one of these people have good in their hearts. But the system makes it hard for them to be good. The system is like curbed against good people. I walked up to Officer Robinson after speaking with Andy. Seems like everyone's gravitating to talk to you. And then they leave. Why, why do you think they want to talk to you? Uh, probably because I'm a black female. Right. Are you worried about the direction America's headed right now? We're riding the, chain, the train. It's widening this wave. Right. Yeah, we're concerned. We're nervous. Some of us might just be scared. It's like a target, right? Even though we're here to help people, we're still a target. But yeah, every day we get back up and we put the uniform right back on. Somebody has to do it, right? Do you enjoy doing it? I do, every day. While we were talking, an older black man came up to Officer Robinson and kind of butted in. No, I would have stopped it. could have did something about it. control what's happening in a different state. Listen, these people are in my class. If I was to do something wrong, they did something wrong, they have no problem telling me you're doing something wrong. And we'll tell each other that we're doing something wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. Why would it be, uh, um, y'all dressed for combat, y'all ready for combat, but in San Ho, there hasn't been no there hasn't been any um, violence. Ain't no, ain't no looting. Ain't no breaking none of that. You weren't here last night, were you? You weren't here last night. 
speaking with Officer Robinson was emotional, and I couldn't help but feel bad for her and good police officers. Like Andy said, I'm sure most of them aren't bad. I know they aren't perfect. And I've always been wary of police myself, being a person of color. But even in that, this is where it's really important to recognize a simple fact. I'm not black. Institutions in America protect police even when they don't deserve it, disproportionately at the expense of black livelihoods. Moments later, I received an alert on my phone from the city of Santa Clara, San Jose, telling me and every other person around me that there is an 8.30 p.m. curfew in effect. I asked one of the police officers about it. I think, I think she asked this question, sir, but what happens uh, when the curfew gets implemented? Yes, sir. When the curfew gets implemented, what, what yeah, is the... So again, I'm not sure, so I'm not going to speak out of turn, but it is a lawful order, 8.30 to 5. There's probably going to be an announcement at some point, and then everybody needs to be off the street and heading out and literally not be on the street. If anybody's on the street, they can be arrested because it is a lawful order by the mayor. So um, we haven't been given direction yet exactly how it's going to go. Right now, this is pretty peaceful. It's all good. Um, but there is that curfew, no matter if it's peaceful or not, that is going to be taking effect at 8.30 to 5. Okay? Yeah. And that's all I know. Yeah. But right now, it's peaceful, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> and we like it, too. Yeah. So it's all how good. It, how does it feel to be, like, in the middle of a pandemic, um, having to worry man, about something like again, this? Again, we're all human. I'm human, too. You're human. A lot of people are struggling, you know, and, and it's okay to it's okay to have, be emotional and struggle. There's a lot of people out of work. A lot of people lost their jobs. You know, there's a lot of this going on. So this is fueled by a lot of other things emotionally, not just what occurred. A lot of people were hurting prior to that, right? So uh, however you feel, I probably feel the same way because we're all human, right? So, Like I said, most of what I saw was peaceful. And that's pretty much the case for every city protesting. But there's been a lot of talk about how these protests are taking place. Words like rioting, looting, and violence are being thrown around. And the result has been nationwide curfews. But many people, like reporter Nicole Hannah-Jones at the New York Times Magazine, say looting and violence aren't the same thing. Here she is on CBS News. I think, one, we, we need to be really careful with our language. Um, Yes, it is disturbing to see property being destroyed. It is disturbing to see uh, people taking property from stores. But these are things. And violence is when an agent of the state kneels on a man's neck until all of the life is leached out of his body. Destroying property which can be replaced is not violence. And to put those things, uh, to use the exact same language to describe those two things, I think really um, it's, not, it's not moral. In San Jose, even though there was a curfew in effect, people were still out, protesting through the streets, not rioting, looting, or being violent, but walking with purpose. At one point, I saw a couple protesters throw garbage cans into the street, and then I saw a group of protesters come and pick up those garbage cans and put them back on the sidewalk. Can I talk to you really quick? Yeah. Can I ask why you're out here? Yeah, because I'm first aid certified and CPR certified, and we're in a fucking pandemic, and people still need to be taken care of when injustice is happening, and as a white woman, this is what I can do. Uh, I can apply first aid if need be. I was hit by a rubber bullet and uh, tear gas on Friday when we were protesting peacefully, and we got to stand together. We got to stand together. Um... Does it worry you that there is a pandemic happening right now and 
we have large crowds of people going around the country. And how do you feel about that? I mean, as I feel like on Friday we were peacefully and lawfully social distancing until the police formed a line and caused us to break that. Uh, so this, as long as you're wearing a mask, I mean, people keep dying. You know what? What are we gonna keep dying? Are we gonna let our people keep dying? Or are we going to risk, uh, that's the risk we take, right? But hopefully, you know, we're still taking care of one another and wearing masks and trying to adhere. Um, just try not to think about it, <laughs> you know? Um, and hopefully people, you know, be careful. Um, so that's why I'm keeping my distance from people too, so they know I'm here. But that I'm also still adhering to social distancing. One more question. Yeah. What do you hope to see for America after this? Police forces need to stop using their force on people. It is not right. It is not okay. Black lives matter. Brown lives matter. We need to stand together and there needs to be a change. There's something fucking wrong. We need a systemic change. And we need somebody to... In the White House, yes, but we also need our... We need people to vote. We need to know who our Congress people are, our assembly members, our local people. And we need to take that power to the ballot box. I'm first generation American on my dad's side. He couldn't vote, I can. I will not ever miss the right to vote, ever, ever. Um, thank you. You're, You're welcome. You're very welcome. And I, for one, as a Muslim, believe that the white man is intelligent enough if he were made to realize how black people really feel and how fed up we are without that old compromising sweet talk. Stop sweet talking it. Tell him how you feel. These are not reasonable times. But again, this isn't new. And the voices of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X echo into 2020, decades after both civil rights leaders were assassinated. After spending the day with protesters, I was left feeling so many things, all with the flicker of COVID at the front of my mind. Everyone protesting around me was risking their health at this pivotal moment in history. It's that important to everyone. And as the sun descended on Silicon Valley, similar scenes were playing out across the country. But as darkness has fallen over the past week, tear gas, rubber bullets, and fire seem to follow. In Washington, D.C., the White House went dark as President Trump was rushed into an underground bunker in those same moments we passed San Jose State University, 3,000 miles away. The 8.30 p.m. curfew was one of the most aggressive in the country at that moment. Hundreds of us were arrested. Put, 
The immediate future of this country seems darker than ever, but out of the ashes of today, I hope for a better tomorrow. But I think that we all recognize that this situation in America isn't ending anytime soon. If you'd like to get involved in San Jose, I'm going to suggest going to sjaacsa.org forward slash donate. That's the African American Community Service Agency for San Jose. And nationally, blacklivesmatters.carrd.co has a lot of good links and suggestions. This episode was reported and edited by me, Victory Vez, with writing and production help from Eli and Madali. A special thanks to those who let me interview them and record their music at the protests, and also a thanks to Alex Kim for support. Music by Blue Dot Sessions, and this version of America the Beautiful is by Ray Charles. Ray Charles.